Welcome to Biohacking with Brittany. I'm so excited that you're listening. This is a space where I talk about ancestral eating and plant medicine and natural detoxing and kind of other things that are in that holistic health biohacking realm. I actually, speaking of plant medicine, I actually used some LSD today and it's been interesting because I created this video on TikTok and on Instagram explaining LSD essentially, how I use it and what it helps me with and just a very general video. And it got taken down <laughs> by TikTok. It got taken down with off of TikTok within 24 hours and which was wild because it was blowing up like crazy. So I think from that video alone, I got over 500 followers on TikTok within 24 hours. And then it just got taken off of Instagram this morning. And you know, you get a warning and it goes against the guidelines for like prohibited substances and all these things. And I like, of course I understand, but it's just interesting because I have other videos on both platforms about psilocybin and LSD and none of them have been taken off. So I don't know if there's something about this video. I guess it might've been in the audio file. I don't know if there's something about this video that was different, maybe because it was so blatantly talking about how to get LSD. (laughs) But anyway, so it's interesting. And I, as we speak right now, as I talk right now, I have over 200 DMs that I haven't responded to asking me about LSD. And I am getting to you. If you are one of those people, I will be pointing you in the right direction. Like I said, I would, I'm just kind of catching up after a long weekend and trying to figure out how to talk about plant medicine, to be honest, on social media without getting banned, essentially. Censorship at its finest, really. Essentially, yeah, I will be continuing to create content. It's just going to look different and I'm going to have to get creative with it. And it's funny because psilocybin actually helps with creativity. So I'm sure it'll help me figure out how to do it better. But the brand, in case you are wondering, just listening to this right now, the brand that I do use is called Microcybin. I love them. I love the people who work there and I love their products. I've used quite a variety of different psilocybin products from them, microdosing products from them, as well as their LSD. And they... Even their website is phenomenal. You can go to it. I'll link it in the show notes. There's so much education around it. And there's so much thought and time behind how do we get people to experience microdosing with these plant medicines in order to help heal anxiety, depression, PTSD, or support their mental health in general, or brain health, help with like focus, clarity, that type of thing. And so I really do like stand behind their products and their mission in general. And honestly, I love plant medicine in general. I'm really, really going down that rabbit hole and I've been learning a lot. I'm currently reading the How to Change Your Mind book that is now a documentary on Netflix, which I haven't watched yet and I'm going to. Um, And it's really interesting. And so if you're kind of like, hey, I actually want to learn the history of these substances and these plants and figure out how to use it in a healthy space, this book is phenomenal for that. It's very detailed and it's very long, 
but I would recommend it. I actually do need to add it to my Amazon storefront because I've had a few people ask me. So definitely check it out. It is on Amazon. That's where I got mine. And if you read it, let me know what you think. Or if you've seen the documentary, which I have not yet, let me know what you think. I'm very, very curious. So that is like my little update on my plant medicine situation right now. Um, as, as I microdose with LSD, I'm telling you how I got banned off of Instagram for saying that very thing. I think the podcast is fine though. And that's the beauty of, honestly, that's the beauty of having such a small podcast community and podcasts in general is like the things that I can say and the guests that I can have on and what they say. There's way less red tape and there's way less regulation because there's just less listeners and there's less people to answer to. So there's more freedom in this space right now. And I've spoken to people who have very, very successful podcasts, like millions and millions of downloads. And they say like, you really, really have to watch what you say, which is not the case in the early days. So I'm enjoying this right now. A shout out to this week's sponsor, Sensate. I love using Sensate. And on this topic of mental health and mindfulness, Sensate is really something that can support that. You guys like this community loves sensei. Oh my goodness. Every single time I post about them on any platform, there's so many questions. There's so much reviews. There's so many people are like, Oh my gosh, I've been meaning to try this, meaning to get it. And it really, really resonates with people in the biohacking space. So if you don't know, sensei is basically this device that sits on your chest and plays sounds through an app and vibrates and helps tone your vagus nerve. So that really helps get you out of fight or flight and into a calmer state of mind. So people who are very stressed, people with anxiety, anything like that really, really gravitate towards it because it makes you feel so grounded. And so I love using this. You can meditate at the same time with it. I really like it during the work week. Like I just find that it brings me back to that grounded, calm space that I like to be in and function from. So I definitely recommend it. And of course, I have a discount code, Biohacking Brittany. Use it, try it, and let me know what you think. This week is a little different. This episode, we I am sharing an interview that I did when I was interviewed from the Green Living with Tea podcast. So I wanted to share this interview just because it gives a very general idea on what biohacking is and how to get started, but also my history with biohacking and my health history and like how I got to where I am right now. And I definitely do need to do an episode where I update everybody on where I'm at with my health, but I figured this would be something great that's in between that. And so I always love when other people like Ben Greenfield, you know, reposts or repurposes, I guess, the audio from an interview he's on. And then I get to listen to it because it's really cool just hearing about what he's into and his journey and yeah, his like personal opinion on things. And so I really like that. So that's what we're doing here. I hope you kind of learn a bit more about biohacking and where I stand on things. And I will definitely be doing another question and answer interview soon with myself. I am getting people sending me questions more now through Instagram. So if you have a health question, 
whether it's about natural detoxing, plant medicine, ancestral eating, anything like that, let me know. And I can definitely, definitely answer your question live on the podcast for you. Enjoy this week and I will catch you next week. Did you know that biohacking is the new self-care? We are talking today with biohacking Brittany. There's a lot more I'm going to talk about with that in a second, but we're talking about how you can start biohacking today with Brittany Ford. I'm sure many of you do not know what biohacking is, but biohacking means that you can become the healthiest version of yourself right now by changing specific things in your lifestyle that are deteriorating your health. So I want you to think about sleeping, stress, think about toxins in the air, in the water, in the indoor light that you're exposed to all day. Maybe think about the radiation that's around you from the electronics, our cell phones, our Wi-Fi. And of course, we want you to think about food as well. And today we're going to talk to biohacking Brittany, love that name, as she is a registered holistic nutritionist. And most days you can find her sipping on her favorite coffee with, of course, goat butter, mushroom powder, and collagen. While she is always educating herself on anything and everything health-related from the comfort of her home in Vancouver, Canada, opposite sides of the continent. We're in Buffalo, New York, Vancouver. I love it, as I told her. And she is mostly known for being ambitious, fun, passionate about nature and health, including biohacking. So we are talking to her today about this. She has been on a very wild health journey for over 12 years. She's healing from Mickey gut syndrome, candida, parasites, dysbiosis, which is an imbalance of your gut health. We hear about gut health, so important all the time, and hormonal imbalances through various health modalities and changes. So she loves serving the world by sharing her health journey, her experiences, through her social media accounts, which she's got many of them, and I will put them in the show notes, and her podcast she has as well called Biohacking with Brittany. And she does one-on-one with clients. So welcome, Brittany. Amazing. Thank you so much for having me. You are welcome. I'm so glad that we connected Mm -hmm. because people do not know what biohacking is. I do. And before we get into what is biohacking and all the details that we want to talk about here today, give everybody a little bit of background about who you are and how did you get into biohacking? Yeah, this is a great question. So I had health issues as a teenager and very much ran out of places and ran out of answers. So I went to my traditional doctor and she wasn't really able to help me out. And I was kind of dealing with symptoms that I didn't know how to heal. And I didn't see a lot of other people dealing with. And this was pre, I mean, wellness was a thing, but it wasn't nearly as what it is now. And so I started seeing a naturopath and kind of went down this road of like healing naturally and using nutrition. I went to university and then I decided to go back to school and study to be a nutritionist. And then during that time when I was studying to be a nutritionist, I kind of came upon the realization that even though I was hacking my nutrition, let's say, it wasn't necessarily enough in order for me to be healthy. So the right diet, the right supplements, it didn't really get me where I wanted to be. And so I started looking at things a lot more holistically. So I started looking at my stress and my sleep, my environment, my relationships, fitness, exercise, 
kind of just like everything that makes me me. And that's when I kind of fell into biohacking and what that means and really just fell in love with the philosophy in general. I love that. And how did you come across biohacking? Because it's not something that you hear a lot about. Yeah. So I think it was through another podcast. Okay. I think I, I'm pretty sure it was Dave Asprey who I heard talking about it. And he is the founder of Bulletproof Coffee. And I just like heard his philosophy and I was like, I totally agree with this. But at the same time, I do think that biohacking is a new word for a philosophy and a way of living that we've been doing for hundreds of years. It's just kind of the new spin on the same old concepts, I would say. It's just packaged differently. And yeah, we just use it to educate people differently. It's perfect because I'm in the space you are in. I hear it here and there, but Mm -hmm. people do not hear it out in the world enough. And that's why we're here with biohacking, Brittany. And it's perfect that your first name is a B. So I love it. It's great. It's awesome. So what is biohacking? I gave a little snippet. Is there a little bit more into biohacking you want to give us details on? Totally. So I define biohacking as holistic self-care for optimal health. And basically that is what I was just kind of talking about. So holistic self-care, we're looking at nutrition and fitness and sleep and stress, environment, relationships, mental health, all of those things. And then for optimal health. So how do we optimize those things to feel and look our best or even to reduce symptoms that we're dealing with kind of depends where you are in your health journey. But that's like the framework that we take is it's a very holistic framework. And the goal is to be as healthy as possible. Now, it's not necessarily perfect health because nobody has perfect health, which is something that is kind of hard to understand and realize, but we can strive for optimal health. Okay, so let's get into something I hear about all the time. I'm 59. I hear about it from my friends all the time that they want better memory. They can't remember things. They Mm -hmm. can't think clear. They brain fog. And I hear them and then they're taking a new medicine. How can biohack help your brain? How can you biohack your brain? Let's get into that. Yeah, I think there's definitely a lot here. A lot of people or study, oh my gosh, listen to me. My brain is not even working. (laughs) Um, Yeah, a lot of people struggle with focus and memory and retention. And so it's a big question of like how, especially as we get older, how do we promote a healthy brain? And so there's a lot of different things that we can look at for that. Nutrition is huge. There's a lot of supplements. But for me, I think the biggest thing that helps is probably sleep, I would say, and stress management. I think a lot of us are not sleeping as well as we could be sleeping. We sleep a third of our entire life. Right. And so when you talk to these same people who are struggling with focusing and memory, I have to ask them how their sleep is, right? Like, are they waking up multiple times throughout the night? Are they struggling to fall asleep? Do they wake up feeling refreshed or are they kind of like slowly pulling themselves out of bed because they're really struggling with it? So I think there's more to the symptoms than we often realize. You know, sometimes we just want to buy a nootropic, which is like a supplement that's really targeting brain health and be like, okay, this one thing is going to fix this issue that we have. 
But at the end of the day, that approach doesn't really work and it doesn't really last long term. So that's why we do need to look at things like sleep, things like stress management and kind of see where that is and how that's impacting how our brain is functioning throughout the day. No doubt. We all need our sleep. That is for sure. Okay, women, let's talk about women, because how should we approach biohacking? As females? As females, yeah. Yeah, so this is something that I am very much exploring right now. What I've kind of found in the last few years is that biohacking is very male-dominant. Even the word biohacking sounds very masculine in itself. So how do we take these principles of holistic self-care and optimal health and quantifying yourself and quantifying your health. And how do we apply it to the female psyche, the female body? So I'm in the process of creating a guide or an ebook or a book. I don't know what it's going to look like. So I'm kind of deep in the research right now. And a lot of what we need to look at for female biohacking is first of all, understanding that the female body is just completely different from the male body. Our hormones are so different. They typically work on a 28-day cycle. Male hormones work on a 24-hour cycle. And so most of the research is done on men because it's much, much less variables and much more clear. You don't have to worry about ovulation, your period, or anything like that. So it's kind of like, how do we take these same principles applied to the female body when the female body is changing so much throughout the month? And that's kind of what I'm doing now and what I'm learning. And a lot of what I'm seeing is this idea of, you know, living with our cycle. Like obviously if you're pre-menopause, right? So during ovulation, we tend to feel more energized. We're more excited. And so how can we take those hormones and make them work in our favor for our fitness, for work, for our relationships? And then when our period's coming, how can we also honor that time in our body in order to also feel good, right? So it's kind of like cyclical living is, I think, the answer to female biohacking. But there's not too much research out on it yet. It's very, very new. So I'm kind of excited to see what's going to come out of it in the next few years. So let's touch on EMF, which is electronic mm-hmm. magnetic field. Yeah which we touched on just a little at the very beginning, because a lot of people don't understand what electronic magnetic fields are, and we're all surrounded by them every day. Mm -hmm. And you can't see them, you can't smell them, you can't taste them, you can't hear them. But explain that a little bit and how that can affect the health. Yeah, I definitely started getting interested in EMF when I started working online. And I was working online before the pandemic, but then when the pandemic hit, so many more people became interested in EMF Mm -hmm. because you're constantly at home, you're in front of your computer, you have your phone by you, you have your Wi-Fi router by you. And so this idea of how do our electronics impact our health? And it's difficult, like you said, because it's not like you see the frequencies to the human eye, right? So it's one of those things where it's hard for a lot of people to understand the impact on our health when we can't necessarily see it super easily or feel it. But that doesn't mean that it's not impacting our health. So for myself, like I actually bought a EMF reader and it's like this little device and you carry it with you and it's like a little spectrum, I guess. And it shows you how much EMF is actually coming off of everything that's plugged in around you. 
And it's pretty scary. It's very eye-opening. And it's definitely made me change some of the things that I do. But essentially, EMF negatively impacts our mitochondria. And so when our mitochondria, which is like the little powerhouse of the cell, which we all learned in like elementary science, when that's not functioning well, nothing is really functioning well because mitochondria is in basically every cell. And so how do we get mitochondria to function better? Part of that is watching how much exposure we have to EMF. And there are things you can do to mitigate EMF, which we could definitely get into. But first and foremost, it's just even being aware of this. It's having conversations like this that make people understand that EMF actually is an issue. There is a lot of research behind it and there are solutions. We're just not at a place where it's mainstream yet. And I think we're getting there, but it's slow. Yeah. I mean, you and I could probably talk about EMFs for about two hours. I've interviewed a few different people in that field. My sister has mitochondrial disorder, so she Mm. has to be careful with any electronic fields around her body at all times. That would be Wi-Fi. That would be your cell phone. Mm -hmm. That would be your TVs, even even clock radios. So you got to be careful with anything, especially when you're sleeping, anything that electronically is plugged in in your bedroom that is on. And if it's plugged in, it's always on. And there's electronic magnetic fields that are sending waves throughout your bedroom if those are all on. So on that note, one note, turn your phone off. Do never, never sleep with it. Don't put it near your pillow. Turn it off. Airplane mode is the next best option, but I just had to add that because Mm-hmm. A lot of people do not know that and they don't pay attention to it because of course it's not a chemical. You can't see it, smell it, you know, mm-hmm. it's there. Trust me. Mm-hmm. And I love that you brought up the meter because I have a meter too. Actually nice. sitting right next to me, I have a plug that is all my currents go into it here because I have a lot of different, I have lights, I have microphones, I have computers. Everything goes into that to kind of condense the electronic magnetic fields. But thank you for bringing it up because it's something we all need to pay attention to. And it's unfortunately, it's around all of us. I mean, all the equipment that we all use all the time, it's, and people do not understand that. So thank you for that. Do you ever feel frazzled, not grounded, stressed, and like you have way too much on your plate? Of course, you know you should be taking time for self-care, but doesn't mean you actually are, and it kind of just feels like another thing on your to-do list. I have definitely been there. It's tough to kind of balance everything these days, especially for those of us working from home with extra side hustles and or kids. Stress reduction feels like a nice idea, but never something easily achievable in the moments when we need it the most. I believe in solutions that use science to help us be healthier on a daily basis, but without crazy technology or tools that aren't accessible or affordable for everybody. I use Sensate, which is something that I've been using for a long time now, and I spoke about a lot last year, which is a groundbreaking innovation in wellness technology that uses the natural power of sonic resonance to calm your body's nervous system, providing immediate, immediate, let me tell you, relief and long-term benefits from regular regular use. It calms your nerves and helps you feel better in as few as 10 minutes per day. It improves stress resilience to help you cope with whatever life throws at you. 
and it increases heart rate variability, a known biomarker of health and longevity. This is so important because for many of us, our body's built-in stress management system is simply just an overdrive. Sensate's novel patent technology was designed to send infrasonic waves through the chest to reach the vagus nerve that sits deep in the core of our nervous system. By speaking to our body's command center, we can control how we respond to all the positive and negative things that we experience each day, which is just so cool and such an easy, easy biohack to bring in every day. You can use my discount code, which is BiohackingBrittany in all capitals. Um, I will put the link in the show notes and it's on my shop page at BiohackingBrittany.com and you get $25 off today. If you have any questions about it or when you get it, please message me. I'd love to chat as this is one of my favorite biohacking tools to use on a regular basis. And on that note, like EMF impacting mitochondria is especially important for women because there's about a hundred thousand mitochondria per cell in the ovaries. So if you're sitting with your laptop on your lap, or if you have your phone in your pants pocket, what is that doing to the mitochondria that's in your ovaries that impacts not only your fertility, but also just like your uterine and your hormonal health throughout your entire life? Yeah. Cervical cancer, all of these different things that can happen. So I think there's a lack of education around it. And and thankfully we have people like you who are actually talking about it more often. But I think, like you said, like no phone in the bedroom is a great place to start. Mm -hmm. Turning the Wi-Fi off at night entirely. It doesn't need to be on who's using it at night. And just being aware of things that are plugged in. I have a little, you know, at my bedroom desk or bedroom table beside my bed, I have a little analog clock that I bought from Amazon. So it's not plugged in, right? It's not showing any light. It's not having any EMF beside me. And it's just making those small little decisions that actually do make a difference. And they do add up in order for you to have a healthier life, for sure. Exactly. And I believe it's the blue lights that's bad. If you have a clock in your bedroom, if it's a blue light, that's sending different magnetic fields. Like the red is better to have if you have to have it. Mm -hmm. So there's little changes that you can make. That's great. So as an entrepreneur, which you and I both are, a professional woman, they are on their phones all the time, laptop computers, how can us women who are businesswomen and professional and out there working optimally be healthy? Yeah, I mean, this is such a big question. And I wish there was some sort of quick answer or easy answer. Like this is something that I've definitely struggled with. When you run your own business, there is so much pressure to succeed. There's so much financial pressure. There's a lot of management that goes into it, I'm sure, as you know. Yes. And so how do you respect your health and your body while running a successful business? Mm-hmm. That is like the million dollar question. Like for me, it's just been a journey and it's been trial and error. I think the number one thing that people can start with is increased awareness. So people always want to kind of take the latest supplement or do the latest hack. But before we even get to that point, we need to increase the awareness of our body and of our health. So how are you feeling on a day-to-day basis? Like I said, are you struggling to get out of bed? How are you feeling when you are working throughout the day? Are you stressed? Are your eyes tired? Is your body stiff? Are you super irritable and short with your employees? 
right? Like we need to kind of start to get more aware of where we are mentally and where we are physically before we can even start to biohack or make massive progress in our wellness journey. And I think what happens is when we're entrepreneurs, I think there's more stress and there's more, like I said, pressure to succeed. And so we almost ignore our health more because we're so focused on our work. But at the end of the day, we can't be a bad boss bitch or whatever you want to call it. We can't be some crazy successful entrepreneur if we're not healthy at the same time. Because when we're healthy, that's when we can show up and be 100% and give 100% to our business. So it all kind of like relates, right? And yeah, it's tough. I wish I had an easier answer. (laughs) Well, it's a big circle. You got to make sure you're always constantly taking care of yourself in your home. And then at your workspace, a lot of people, what about biohacking at your workspace too? Yeah, I think this is a big one. So for me, I have a stand-up desk that I'm using right now. So I'm standing. And I really like this because it lets me just like be in different physical postures throughout the day. So like right now I have my chair underneath my stand-up desk and I have one foot up, which means that I'm like using different parts of my foot that's on the ground and just that type of thing of really working on mobility and posture throughout the day. And that's a pretty easy one. The other things that you can do are being aware of how much blue light is coming from your screens. So I use something called Flux or F.LUX. And this reduces the blue light throughout the day as the sun sets. So in the morning, there's like a ton of light coming from your screens. And then over the day, over the course of the day, it kind of gets more yellow and more orange. And this kind of helps you get into nighttime mode, calming you down, and eventually like releasing melatonin so that you can sleep easily. I also have always water on my desk. I have candles. I have like, I'm just looking at this now. I have supplements. I have a bunch of different things that I just feel like really nourish me in different ways. And I also like to have it be a very clean space. So When my desk is clean and clutter-free, I feel much better. I feel like I can think better and I feel more energetic for sure. And the other thing I'll say is I'm right by a massive window and I can see the windows in your screen as well, but this is huge. I couldn't imagine yeah, working in some sort of cubicle and just trying to be energized throughout the day. The bright light really helps. It really helps me feel awake. And I recommend people look into that if they can. Yeah, you you mentioned I have two pair of glasses here. Nice. These are for the computer, the blue light. So it's important because if you're mm-hmm. staring at your computer all day, that blue light can affect you. So thanks for bringing that up. So your workspace absolutely is so important. Okay, let's talk a little bit about diet. Mm-hmm. Diet, of course, is so important and what we are eating and what type of diet is the best diet for biohacking. What does biohacking Brittany do? Yeah. So it's interesting because I think in the biohacking world, keto is really big. Carnivore is really big. Paleo is really big. And I've experimented with all three of those. And I think they can work. And I think you can get results from them if your goal is like weight loss primarily, or even energy and focus as well, especially with the keto diet. But for me, I found a lot of issues in restricting my eating too much. And that kind of stemmed into 
hormonal issues, impacting my cycle, impacting ovulation, my period and that type of thing. So now I'm very conscious of what I eat and without trying to be too obsessive, I would say there's like a very fine line there of like, I'm eating something healthy. This is good for me. And then obsessing over every little thing and making sure every little thing is healthy. So what I recommend my clients do, we always create some sort of unique personalized nutrition plan. It looks different for everyone. It looks different depending on the amount of stress you're under, where you are, like how old you are, even where you're living, I guess, and what you have available to you in terms of produce, in terms of meat, eggs, all of those types of things. But I think in general, without it being super personalized, we want something that's super nutrient dense. So we want whole foods. We want less packaged foods, less processed foods. And there's a lot of easy, easy tricks that you can do that ensure that you're doing that. So something that I love to recommend is when you go to the grocery store, just sticking to the perimeter of the grocery store, not going on the aisles on the inside, because that's where we get like chips, crackers, cereal, cookies, etc. And on the outside is like fruit, vegetables, nuts, seafood, meat, eggs, dairy, right? And so it's these very whole foods. And the other thing that I like to recommend is sticking to one ingredient foods. So if you pick up like a head of broccoli, that's literally all it is, is it's broccoli compared to you buying canned broccoli soup, which has additives, preservatives, cream, whatever, process, et cetera, et cetera. So trying to stick to things that have one ingredient and then you making as much at home as you can is also a great way to ensure that you are eating a somewhat clean and whole and nutrient-dense diet. Perfect. I like to say, try not to buy anything out of a box. Yeah. Food in a box is just not healthy, period. So those are great tips. I love it. Now, anything we missed that you wanted to bring up about biohacking? Yeah, I think we talked about a lot, but I think what's exciting about biohacking is that it is so new. It's not mainstream yet. The movement has grown so much in the past four years since I joined it, let's say. And it's exciting to really see it be taking a spin onto female health and eventually family health and children health. And that's something that I'm interested in is like, as I go through my own journey of having kids in the next few years is fertility and how do I biohack my fertility and how do I biohack breastfeeding and having a baby and having children that grow up holistically healthy. I feel like that's a massive challenge in today's society, but I'm very excited to be kind of going down that road. So If any of your listeners want to connect and talk about that, I would love to hear what they think and if they have any tips or anything like that. Well, you're ahead of your time, especially with your age bracket. And I commend you for that and helping people, women specifically, biohack and get healthy. And I know people can find you on your website, which is biohackingbrittany.com, which is perfect. But also you have a podcast, Biohacking with Brittany. Yeah. And I encourage you, you have over a hundred or so episodes, right? Are you over Mm -hmm. 150 episodes or something I saw? 
Yeah, I think the hundredth episode comes out next week. Next week. Yeah. Okay. Well, congratulations. <laughs> I just had my hundredth episode about two weeks ago. So Yay, congratulations. Nice. It's, it was fun. It was fun celebrating one hundredth episode. That's a lot because to make it that far is a lot of time, effort, and hard work. So I give you yeah. a lot of credit. I know what it takes and I love doing my podcast and I congratulate mm-hmm. you on that. But you have a lot of other social media outlets. Why don't you give everybody where they can find you? Yeah. So I'm mostly active on Instagram at biohacking Brittany. I am also on TikTok at biohacking and I guess Facebook and Twitter, but those are not super active. But if you want to connect, I would suggest like you can send me an email through my website or just message me on Instagram and we can go from there. Awesome. This is perfect. Brittany, thanks so much for joining me today. I look forward to connecting down the road Mm -hmm. somewhere along the way. And I appreciate your time. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. Thanks for listening to another episode of Biohacking with Brittany. If you're interested in finding the show notes or the sponsors for this episode, you can do so on my website, which is biohackingbrittany.com. Remember to follow me on Instagram where I'm most active. My handle is at biohackingbrittany. And if you're interested in working together and you want to email me directly, you can do that. My email is info at biohackingbrittany.com. And I look forward to hearing from you and having you tune in next week.